Somebody very wise once said, freedom isn't free, it's a motherfucking fee. Now, apologize for my use of bad language there, but wow. Wow. You're listening to the What The Falk Show, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Pod, Directory, my parents' phone, and the text messages I just sent you now. Over 71 episodes so far. If you've listened so far, you know that I do my best to not bring political views into any episode I do. My politics is pretty simple. I'm not part of any single party. If anything, I'm a registered independent. I think each issue deserves its own analysis. I don't know how just because I'm on one side, I should pick every answer on that side. You know, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's illogical. Reason, logic, objectivity. That's what I use when I'm political and think of political issues. But today you have the repeal of net neutrality. The FCC and Ajit Sade, whatever this guy's name is, I really don't give a folk. I really don't care how you pronounce the guy's name. He voted down and repealed the net neutrality law that started in 2015 under Obama. I'm not saying I'm the biggest fan of Obama. I'm not saying I'm the biggest fan of any president. What I'm saying is that net neutrality, even though I don't know exactly what's going to happen with the repeal, I don't know how it's a good thing. You think about capitalism and business in general. If they can charge you more, they will. If you were the owner of a business and you can get more money, wouldn't you do the same thing? If you could raise your prices and people will continue to still come to you, you would do it. I, it just makes sense. I, I, I get it. I would probably do it too. The repeal of net neutrality means there's no more regulation when it comes to internet providers. Now, their point of view is that deregulating it would give people more options. So it would make more internet companies. We give you more options for what you want to do. It give you a chance to buy higher internet if you want. It give you a chance to pay lower for the lower internet if you want that. But really out of it, you have to think logically. We talk about logic and reason. What would come from it? Well, higher sites, higher traffic sites like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, things like that would cost more. Why wouldn't they? Netflix, Hulu, HBO Go, they can charge you more because the demand is going to be there. You want to watch your Game of Thrones. You want to reply to your comments on Facebook, so you're going to pay extra for the Facebook price. That in itself is wrong. I'm not saying that people deserve handouts. I'm not saying that capitalism is necessarily bad. I'm not saying that people deserve to have nice things if they work hard and make a lot of money. What I'm saying is that certain things, can't we have anything that's sacred? Do I really have to pay extra to go on Twitter as opposed to going on imdb.com? Do you really have to take more and more money out of me from already the student loans to make it impossible to see a doctor, for making it impossible for the woman I love and I to be able to afford our house payment? Am I saying you should pay for my house payment? No, I'm just saying morality humanity. Our country's a business now. It's all about profit. And I get it. I get why it would be. Capitalism in a lot of ways has been great. But in situations like this with the repeal of net neutrality, 80% of Americans, that's what I've been reading, but obviously it's just a vote. Let's just, this is a guess. Let's just say the majority of Americans were against the repeal of net neutrality. The phone numbers were up there of all the FCC people. There were emails, everyone, a lot of my friends, I did as well. We left voicemails about our concerns about it. And yet it was still voted down. How is that a democracy? How is it a democracy if the people have a voice? And they refuse to accept that voice. It's not. Basically, it's not. Am I saying America is still not the greatest country in the world? No, I'm not saying that. I I'm, I'm absolutely feel lucky to live here and to have been an American. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else, if I'm being honest. But when does humanity and morality become a, a value again? When does profit not mean everything? The ending of net neutrality means the ending of a lot of different internet things. People like myself, when I post on SoundCloud, it's probably going to cost more to post on SoundCloud. Maybe I won't. People who make a living on YouTube or on Twitch, it's going to cost more for their users to use Twitch or to use YouTube. They probably won't. I won't get to talk to a lot of my friends on Twitter because it'll cost more. I don't know if I'm willing to pay for it. It's something for so many years, it's been about, well, the changes are happening that aren't good for you. Just deal with it. I just, I don't get it. I guess this is a venting episode for me, but a lot of people are talking about net neutrality right now, and I thought it was worth our time to go ahead and talk about it as well. I don't pick a political side. 
logic, reason, and objectivity are what I use when I think of any political issue. And something like this, the internet that we all use, it was supposed to be started as something as a tool for humanity, and now it's going to be something that we're raked over the coals for. They will they will seep out every bit of money they can from us, and they know that they can because we're still going to have to use the internet. What about job seeking? I work in entertainment. A lot of the jobs we apply for, Staff Me Up, LA Casting, Actors Access, Casting Frontier, Facebook, they're all used to the internet. 99% of jobs are through the internet. Even unemployment, EDD, that's all through the internet. This is a bad change. Do I know exactly how it's going to change? No, but how can this be a positive? How can this be a positive change? Talking about making America great again, I don't know how this makes America great. I just... The reason for this pod is I want to talk about Rian Johnson. He's the director of The Last Jedi. On a lighter note, he's been a great director for a long time, but only the masses and maybe the people who aren't huge movie fans. You're not going to know his name until a few hours from now once everyone talks about The Last Jedi. If the reviews are as on point as of what I've read, then this is going to be a great movie and everyone's going to be talking about Rian Johnson. And everyone's going to be excited for his trilogy that he was greenlit on for Disney. Speaking of Disney, Disney just bought Fox for $56 billion. I've always liked Disney movies. I like superhero movies, but when absolute power becomes too absolute, it becomes corrupt. And now I'm a little worried that Disney is too powerful. Can't you see Disney taking away all their movies and TV shows from streaming sites and having just a Disney-only streaming site? I feel like net neutrality works out perfectly. The ending of net neutrality works perfectly for Disney to be able to do something like that. I guess it's because I'm not rich. Maybe I should have been a doctor. I should have gone to law school. I did good on the LSAT. That's on me for not being rich. But does it mean that I get less of my humanity? That I can't see a doctor? That I can't even get on Facebook? Like, I can't get on Twitter to tweet some of you guys? I can't get on IMDb? I can't get on Fandango to check out movie sites? I just... I'm just a human here who's kind of baffled in the idea of that this democracy doesn't give a shit about me. And I already knew it didn't, but it's just like, damn. It's kind of eye-opening. So, you know, I got to look at the positives. I have a person who loves me, and I love them back greatly. I have a family who loves me, and I love them back greatly. I have friends who I appreciate and love, and they appreciate me and love me back, at least as far as I know. I have fantasy football. Well, as long as until Yahoo isn't too expensive to use. I have this podcast that I like to talk about. Some of you listening right now might just think I'm crazy. You might think I'm a waste of your time, and I apologize if that's the case. So I'm going to focus on the positives, and that's the fact that I get to watch The Last Jedi. Yes, it is by Disney, The Empire, so that's kind of funny, but obviously I still want to watch it, so I know I can be a hypocrite in some ways. I'm excited for The Last Jedi. I really am. The last few weeks, I've tried not to think about it, and as I've gotten older, obviously priorities in my life have taken it have taken precedent over the thoughts I have about excitement for movies in my head, you know, but the last 24 hours, seeing all these reviews about how it could be the best Star Wars of all time, at least since The Empire Strikes Back, I am stoked. And when I think about the the kind of movies Rian Johnson has made, okay, Rian Johnson, he wrote Episode 8, The Last Jedi. He has a new Star Wars trilogy coming out. They greenlit that as soon as they saw the reviews and they saw the fan reaction. He hasn't made a bad movie yet. If you haven't seen a Rian Johnson movie, that's why I made this episode. The net neutrality thing just came up in the last, you know, few hours. The Rian Johnson situation is why you and I are talking right now. I wanted to do an episode, get to know Rian Johnson. I want to kind of get ahead of all the people talking about this new director because, to be honest, I talk about me being a big movie guy and cinephile. It's the truth because I've been a Rian Johnson fan since the beginning. That first movie was called Brick, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It was a very film noir-like, eerie high school crime drama filmed in in San Clemente, California, which is actually where Rian Johnson was from. He was raised in San. Clemente starting in the sixth grade. He went to USC and obviously he's one of those filmmakers from USC that has just killed it. 
So he's really taken advantage of the great education he's had and the great filmmakers that came before him from that school. This first movie, Brick, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, it's dark, it's ominous, it shows this whole underworld and underbelly of a high school and what can go down. It's kind of spooky. We have this kid who's just a regular guy. He can't find his girlfriend or the girl he loves, and he gets he gets, goes down into this underground, into this world, to try to find get some answers. So you have this everyday person who kind of lowers himself to what many people would, would think is very scary to get some answers. And that was something that I think I kind of resonated with, and it was just a really cool shot movie. The music, everything, the dark tone. I was a big fan of Brick. But then he makes this movie called The Brothers Bloom. Now that is one of my, it's probably a top 30 for, movie for me of all time, starting Adrian Brody, Mark Ruffalo, Rachel Weiss. Mark Ruffalo and Adrian Brody are two con men, two brothers, and they've basically been playing and conning the world all over the country since they were very, very little. You kind of, the first scene is them as a kid and how they kind of con this in the laundry, the laundromat and the ice cream store and all blah, blah, blah. Basically, these two orphans don't really have anything else to do. They don't have any other way of making money. They become con men that excel at making money from, as you would call them, what, average Joes. Rachel Weiss comes in as a, as a uh, I guess she's, I guess you'd call her a hermit that won't leave her house. She's very, very weird, very out there, but she's sweet and she's a nice character and, and maybe a romance blooms between her and Adrian Brody. And it's just really good music. The actual score was done by Nathan Johnson, who was Rian Johnson's cousin. So it was a passion project for him that he brought his family in. And if there's any movie I'm going to recommend, it's it's Brothers Bloom. It's absolutely a movie you can watch with your girlfriend or boyfriend. And it's it's got a lot of heart and soul to it. And I, I think it's something you should check out. The next movie he did was... Uh, Looper. And that was a big blockbuster movie. And I was really looking forward to that. And I didn't know how his filmmaking would cross over into kind of the blockbuster genre and for the masses, because I can't assume a movie that I like that you're all going to like if you're not big cinephiles. Most people aren't. I mean, how? what's the percentage of us who really love movies to this extent? Maybe like 10% of the population, maybe less. So Looper was his first release to all the masses and all the people out there who just are kind of fair weather movie fans. It stars Bruce Willis. He reteams up with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and it stars, it stars Emily Blunt. And basically, Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays the younger version of Bruce Willis where he's a hitman. And in the future, time travel is, is, is a possibility. So they send back their marks that they want to murder. They send them back in the past, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt kills him, gets rid of the body. If you think about it, it's a very efficient way if you're a mob organization or, or organized crime. It makes a lot of sense of how you can get rid of a body. So in that way, it's kind of ingenious the way he looked at it. Jeff Daniels is also in that movie, and he does an amazing job. And again, it's another dark, realistic, exciting movie. Very technology advanced, very cool to look at. And for me, my other favorite director, people know from me, before Tony Scott passed away, rest in peace. I'm a very visual person. I appreciate visualism and I appreciate realism. Tony Scott was a master at that. I will always love him and I, God, talk about somebody I'd love to have a conversation with when I get to heaven. Hopefully I get there. Next would be, would be Matthew Vaughn. He hasn't made a bad movie either. He's the same way. Great music, great visuals, great characters. I feel the same about Rian Johnson, and I'm really excited for you to see his movie, The Last Jedi. I've heard really good things. I wasn't the biggest fan of The Force Awakens. I thought it was such a rehash of The New Hope that I just thought it wasn't very original, and I didn't appreciate the lack of creativity. But in this one, I have some ideas about where the character is going to go. I'd be surprised if I'm wrong, to be honest. I think there's going to be some big changes with Kylo Ren, for example. I, uh... I'm just really excited for his take, and I'm really excited for the people who don't know him to be like, oh, okay, who's this guy? Here's so many good things. I mean, he's going to be so big after this. He really is. This movie's just going to kill it and make so much money. So when that happens, please check out Brick. Please check out Brothers Bloom, and please check out Looper. And if you have time, I would say to watch it in order, if you can, to kind of see the difference in his filmmaking and how he increased his ability in filmmaking as his budget increased because he got the studios to back him. Now, if you're looking for random things that he did, he also uh, directed an episode of Terriers, which was a show on FX. Uh, Donald Logue was in it. I was a big fan of that show too. I love that. It used to be on Netflix. I'm not sure if it still is. And he directed three episodes of Breaking Bad. 
So uh, any Breaking Bad fan out there, one of the episodes he directed was Osmandius, which is considered by some to be the greatest television episode of all time. Not just of Breaking Bad, but of any episode made for television. So Rian Johnson is a talented guy. He's an American director. I feel like we're kind of losing a lot of our really good American directors and actors, and Rian Johnson is trying to bring back that Americana to filmmaking. So I would say if you like The Last Jedi, please support him and support his other movies in Brick. Break, the, please support his other movies in Brick, The Brothers Bloom, and Looper. Enjoy The Last Jedi. Hope you like it. Hope you've appreciated this episode. I'm sorry for ranting on net neutrality. I just, it's just, I always knew that our government was a business and that I was just a profit center for them. But this is such a just blatant in your face. Like, hey, I don't give a fuck about you. I don't care about you at all. You want Instagram? Pay $20 a month. You want Netflix? Pay $30 a month. I mean, I know you want to make money off me, but damn, can you at least try to trick me into thinking you care? I mean, God. I don't know. The What the Fog Show. Witty informational conversation, or at least so I hope. So we talked about net neutrality. It's probably a bad thing that it got repealed. I, do I know for sure what's going to happen? No, but I don't see any way it's a positive. Rian Johnson, a director you needed to know. Many projects you can check out before or after you watch The Last Jedi if you love it. So have a nice night. I'm going to actually do an episode previewing Star Wars The Last Jedi with no bullshit, another big time channel. And we might drop and talk into net neutrality a little bit, but I don't know for sure. So happy Star Wars week. Happy holidays. Find me on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Pod Director, and Parents Phone. Find me at all social media as long as you can, you know, at my WTF show. Check out my sponsor, Ferris Pizza, the best pizza for the best price with the most love in it. I've had a lot of pizza in my life, and I'll tell you, Ferris Pizza is really fucking good. It's in Bakersfield, California, and uh, I don't even have to put Tapatio on it. That's how good it is. I don't even need to add anything to it. Thanks for fucking listening. Have a good night.